it. And the one next to that. And the one next to that. A young couple live in it. Give Ken a kiss. Welcome to another episode of Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. And as always, I'm Johnny. And wait. Wait. Am I? I don't know anymore. I don't either. And I'm still Randy. And Randy just screwed up the trailer. He had to play the commercial at the end of it. Okay, well you farted one time, (laughs) so I don't want to hear it. Anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Ah. Mm-mm, nope. So people's like, that's why we don't miss y'all. I know, right? It seems like it's been forever since we've done a seventeen days, fourteen hours, thirteen minutes, and sixty seconds. Oh, this is ridiculous. So we've got to explain ourselves before we start this episode. Uh, our last episode. <clears throat> was in May, and it was Friday the 13th, 2004. What? Feels like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the movie was Friday the 13th, 2009 remake, and we were going to give you the faculty and graduation day. That's what we had planned. Yeah. But, you've heard us say it before, the weather down here in Missouri is terrible. Horrible. And not only did... I started getting sick again. Randy got sick. We was coughing and hacking the whole time. And it was like, man, every time we, we were getting ready to do a podcast or an episode, 
we were coughing and hacking and we were like, I do not want to do an episode where all you guys hear. Cause you know, I do start to edit our episodes and I don't want to have to keep cutting it out. Well, then not only did we finally start feeling better, but then we went on a week's vacation. Mm-hmm. Went to Hot Springs, Arkansas. Legit. And before we knew it, it was like, look, it's already June. So for everyone who was looking forward to uh, hearing us review the faculty and graduation day, it will happen, but more than likely it's going to happen next May. 2023. Yeah. we've already, I, I think we, we need to come to the conclusion that we're going to have to take a hiatus between April and June 1st because we know we're going to get sick. Either that or we're going to have to film June, April, and May in like December or something. Well, you can always tell. And whoever does like follow us, like who's, I guess you could say, dedicated following us. We got those? I guess. I mean, I get a lot of people, a lot of certain people that end up liking our posts. Yeah. You can tell if something's wrong because I have not posted anything on Instagram, <clears throat> Twitter, Facebook, nothing. I mean, it's just, it's literally been, uh, Man, it's just been tough. It's been a the last month has been a hard go. And you can even even Randy can vouch for me. We went off to Hot Springs for like I said a, a week, and I was still sick when we went to Hot Springs, coughing and hacking the entire time. So because we did, I actually we were talking about doing an episode while we were in Hot Springs, but yeah, I knew that wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, it just didn't work out. So with that being said, we are happy to be back, uh, and we've actually started planning out uh not every episode this year but the remaining of the year we do got some some good ones coming up i feel oh yeah so and this one right here is the 40th anniversary this movie was released i believe it said on the 4th of uh, june in 1982 Mm. and this is one of my mom's favorite horror films poltergeist it's a good one yes it is and I have not seen it since, oh, I haven't seen it since I was probably, man, 10 years old. I'm saying that's what's crazy because <clears throat> I know scenes from this movie, mm-hmm. but I honestly don't think I've sat down and watched it all the way through. This this time would have been like maybe the second or third, maybe. Right. But as far as sitting down and watching this movie all the way through, it's it's been a long time. Well, and see, and I always gave this movie a bad... Uh, I always had a negative view on this movie, really? and I and I think honestly it's because my mom. This is one of her favorite horror movies, and I remember every time it was on, she would watch it, mm-hmm. and it, it, I think it just kind of like ran its course with me. Well, I, that and Tangina didn't help either. Boo. <laughs> anyway, we'll get into that later. But uh, <laughs> anyway, like I said, but I, I really did all these years that I've. Everybody's like, "Oh, Poltergeist is such a great film," and all this. I'm like, eh. I don't think I've seen the second one. I haven't seen any of them. I mean, I've seen this one right here. But like I said, it, I'm going to say the last time I actually sat down and watched the entire thing, I was probably 10 years old. Yeah. But with that being said, uh, not doing a review, but <clears throat> after you watching it now as an adult, did it change your mind on anything? I mean, did you? It didn't. Honestly, it didn't. I, it's never been like, it's never been like a top shelf horror movie for me. Um, not that I didn't like it or I didn't like it back then, mm-hmm. but it's never been one of those movies like, hey, you got to watch, you know, make sure you watch this. For me, it's one of those cult classics. 
Yeah. It's one of those ones, if you're a horror fan, you got to watch it at least once. Right, right. Uh, you know, even even if you don't like the movie and, and or whatever like that, it's don't like the franchise, whatever you, however you want to say it, you got to watch it at least once. Well, I know uh, when the new one came out, the remake, uh, it was a few years back. I still haven't watched that one. I went and bought it on Black Friday because I was like, like I said, this this movie right here had a black mark for me. And I was like, ah, the remake's got to be better at least. The remake was trash. Was it? I remember buying it. I'm not exaggerating. I went and bought it at Black Friday. And I think within just a couple of weeks, I went and took it to Game Exchange and changed it out. I was really? like, yeah. It, it, I was like, man. I was hmm. like, it just sucked. So that's one movie I don't ever want to review, the remake of this. So that's the movie that we're going to be reviewing next after this. <laughs> no, no. But uh, we're going to save <clears throat> our surprise movie. We're going to do our next episode. We're going to save that for the end of the podcast. But that being said, Randy, do you have the summary ready? I do. Hit us with the summary. You want the one sentence or you want the... Uh... Whichever one you want to give us. Yeah, I'm going to give us a good one then. A young family are visited by ghosts in their home. At first, the ghosts appear friendly, moving objects around the house to the amusement of everyone, and then they turn nasty and start to terrorize the family before they kidnap the youngest daughter, Carol Ann. Carol Ann. It didn't add that, but I, I put it on there. Oh, okay. I mean, you, you can't, like, for the longest time, this movie was called Carol Ann. You got the cast for me, buddy? I do. Alright, so, well, that being said, well, there we go. So, let's see here. The release date for this film was June 4th, 1982. <clears throat> like I said, was it 40 years ago? Uh, I did not know this. It's directed by Toby Hooper, one of my favorite directors. I no can't... idea who Toby Hooper is. <laughs> that trash Texas oh, Chainsaw my... Sally? No, no. Sally! No. <laughs> you are such Sally? a Sally? douche. So stupid. Anyway, Toby Hooper is the one that wrote and directed <clears throat> the original 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which is amazing. I haven't seen that one either. You, you'll love it. I think you'll really dig it. Are you sure? Yeah, I really do. And uh, before I read the cast, uh, did Steven Spielberg, did he have something to do with He's this? He's a director. No, directed was Toby Hooper. Or he was, well, it was written. I don't know. I think it was written by Steven Spielberg. Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's just I'm, find out. I'm, I'm yes, it was. Say. Written by Steven Spielberg. So, the cast. Let's get to the cast here. <clears throat> I know you got Heather O'Rourke plays the very pretty Carol Ann. I mean, the, the kid is just cute. Yeah, she was. She really was. She reminds me of my niece, Bailey Case. Yeah. The bangs and the you know the pigtails and everything. Uh, then we got Jo Beth Williams. She played Diane Freeling. We have Dominique Dunn as Dana Freeling. Mm-hmm. We have Craig T. Nelson, coach, as Steve Freeling. Uh, Oliver Robbins is Robbie Feelings. Uh, I'll let you read her. Zelda Rubenstein. She plays Tangina Burrows or Barons. Boo. Boo boo you. <laughs> then we got uh Beatrice Strait. She played Dr. Leash. I thought she did a good job. Yeah, I thought yes, I think she did too. And I just gotta point no. to No. 
Don't do it. I gotta point this out. Oh my god! One of my favorite actors. He was James, in there for like fifteen seconds. James Cairn played Mister Teague, who also starred in my favorite zombie film, Return of the Living Dead. I really wanted to hear. Oh, I wanted to hear it so bad. And then we also have. I did not know he played in this. Robert uh, Broyles. Broyles. He played on Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, which you'll like his character. I feel. I don't know about that. Yeah, but other than that, I think that's pretty much uh, all the main leading guys, ain't it? Yep. Well, we got Richard Lawson as Ryan. Yep. And then Martin Casella. I think so. As Marty. They were kind of the investigators. <clears throat> I tell you, Dr. Lee really reminded me of, uh, I can't remember their name, uh, Insidious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew you were uh, talking about the two guys and... and uh, well, the, the female, the lead, uh, Leora, Lenora... Oh my gosh! I can't. Believe uh, it. I cannot believe uh, I can't think of her name because I, I can't love either. Insidious. But I mean, she had that feel like it was just—I don't know what it was. She just had that kind of ghost hunter feel to her. Yeah, she played uh, Elise. Elise. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what Lenora. Lenora. That's my grandma's name. Is it? Yeah, it's weird. I don't hmm. know why that popped in my head. I don't know. But yeah. <clears throat> And if we sound any different, uh, we're actually not uh, filming, or not filming, we're not recording on our mics and everything, so if we sound a little different, that's why. Mm-hmm. All right, so before we get into it, man, you got anything else you would uh, like to bring up, or are you ready to rock and roll? I don't think so. All right, so, Poltergeist. The film starts off, as the credits are rolling, we hear the national anthem playing, and as the... National Anthem starts to cut off. We see the TV shuts off, which is what really happened back in the 70s and 80s. It's crazy because it makes perfect sense because I remember being a kid, like a little, little kid. Mm -hmm. And eventually, all you would get was just a shot of the White House with the anthem playing. And then right at the end of it, white noise. Yep. You know, that's how you knew it was time to get up and go to bed. I was just going to say, dang it, you beat me to it. Sinbad, the comedian, that's what he always yep. said. Yeah. He said, he said, you only had three channels as soon as that national anthem went off. You had to get up and go to bed. Yep. So anyway, as the TV shuts off, we, hear, we see the static, and we see somebody's arm fall, which is Steve, the dad. And when his arm falls, I guess he fell asleep in the recliner, and mm-hmm. he drops the remote. Well... It wait. It ends up like startling the dog. The dog wakes up. He's got a beautiful. Is that a golden retriever? Yep, gorgeous dog. Goes upstairs and it goes into one room. I believe the dog goes into the boys' room first. And then he goes. No, he goes no, into he, his daughter. Yes, he goes into the oldest daughter. daughter. Uh, takes her bag of chips. What's her name? Dana. Yep. Yeah, eats eats the chips. Then he goes in to um, Robbie and Carol Ann's room, and he wakes up Carol Ann. Mm-hmm. And when she sets up, she kind of looks over and she starts talking. She's like, hello? She's like, I, she's hearing the voices, which, you know, we can't hear anything. Well, you can hear a little bit, not necessarily in this this scene here, mm-hmm. but later on when the white noise comes on, if you, you know, listen really good, you can hear like there's faint whispers. Okay, so that's another question real quick. I got, I know we're just getting into it, but white noise, what is that exactly? I've, well, I use white noise because like the static on the screen, just snow, mm-hmm. but then the movie white noise with Michael Keaton is, is where I, I use the white noise. Cause it's, I mean, it's basically not necessarily the same thing, but as he sees his wife and the white noise on the TV. 
Okay. That's a, if you've never seen that, that's a good movie. I want to say I have, but I don't remember Michael Keaton being in it. I yeah. thought it was like Harrison Ford or something. Mm-mm. Anyway, so Carol Ann gets up and she goes downstairs and she's talking to the TV. Well, she actually starts yelling at the TV. She's like, I can't understand you. Talk louder. And as she says that, the mom wakes up, the daughter mm-hmm. wakes up, and the son wakes up, and they all come down, and even the dad wakes up. And now they're actually watching Carol Ann sitting in front of the TV talking. And I thought for her being the age she was, she played it very good, very well, whatever you want to say. And I loved how she was like, uh-huh, five. Yeah, like she was telling the yeah, names. She was, she was answering. answering. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I thought through the whole movie she did a really good job oh, as far as acting. Yes. Well, when everybody's watching her, she puts her hands on the TV. And there's one thing I've noticed with this movie. The cuts are weird. They like happen all, all of a sudden. Yeah. There's like, no like smooth transition. Exactly. Looks like they skipped that damn PowerPoint. <laughs> didn't did know how to do the transitions. So she puts her hands on the TV, and then it just cuts to we see a guy riding a bike. And he's riding a bike. And I asked you, I was like, is that beer? Because it I, I had to be beer. Yeah. Well, he was sitting there riding, and then you see these kids sitting on this, uh, sitting on the sidewalk, and they're playing with these little remote control cars. And the guy's, like I said, it's not a motorcycle, it's an actual pedal bike. Mm-hmm. And he's holding it with his left hand. He's holding like two cases, it looks like a beer. Well, they see him coming, so they start making these little uh, toy cars going toward him. <laughs> and he looks down, and he realizes one's on the left side, one's on the right side. And right when he gets to the house that he's going, and we don't know where he's going. Yeah. They kind of like make it go under his tire, and he drops the beer, and it just starts spraying everywhere. And they're just sitting there laughing, and you mm-hmm. tell he's in a rush. Like, he don't even mess with the kids. He's just like, screw it. Yeah. He starts picking up all the beer stuff, and he runs inside. It's funny because when he runs in the back door, Dana's like, I think she's making a sandwich or she's on the phone or something in the kitchen. Well, the beer's just spraying out. And she's kind of like, hey, and he just keeps going. Right in the living room. <laughs> right when he gets in the living room, he's spraying all the guys. There's like, I don't know, I was going to say six guys. And now you realize, okay, they're watching a football game, mm-hmm. and nobody complained about the beer. Like nobody was like, "Hey man, you're spraying me." They're just they just because football's on TV, yeah, man. Exactly. So football's going, and so now we realize, okay, he was trying to hurry up and get the beer there so they could start watching a football game. Mm-hmm. Well, it cuts to uh, Diane, and she's up in upstairs, and she's in this room, and she looks over, and she's kind of like just cleaning up, and she looks over, and she realizes. Tweety, which is their bird, <clears throat> little yellow bird, is laying there dead. I say you, he did. Yeah, she's like, oh, Tweety. She's like, you couldn't have waited until school day, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, then it cuts again. It cuts back downstairs, and all the guys watch football. What well, cuts over, like, the, the channel cuts from the TV. It cuts from football to uh, Mr. Rogers. Yep. And he's doing that, won't you be my neighbor? And they were like, who is this guy? Yeah. Like, who doesn't know Mr. Rogers? That's what, yeah, I was like, hmm. So, anyway... Uh, they start arguing, and, he, and Steve's like, oh, man, he's like, uh, my neighbor's remote can, can control my TV as well. And they turn it back over to the football game. Well, then it cuts back over to another station. So Steve's like, I'll take care of it, I'll take care of it. And he goes outside, and his neighbor, his name's Ben. And he's Do you like, realize who he was? I've seen him on a lot of stuff, dude. He was Todd on uh, Police Academy. I knew I recognized him from somewhere. He was Todd on Police Academy? Mm-hmm. Todd, Todd. I know, man. I know his face. I don't remember Todd. He was on Hot Shots. Bart Duke. I knew he looked familiar. He was actually a Hoyt on Coach, too. Oh, was it? Yep. Oh, okay. 
Well, they start. He's Steve gets outside and he's like, "Hey, Ben, Ben!" And Ben comes out and they're like right in front of each other. They both got the remotes in the hand. He's like, "Hey, Ben, man, we're trying to watch the football game." <laughs> and Ben's like, "Well, my kids are wanting to watch." Uh, I don't even know if he said he don't say Miss Rogers. I think he just said my kids want to watch cartoons or something like that. Yeah, they're watching something. Oh, I don't remember what they were watching. And he's like, well, can you please? Or Ben's like, why don't you move your uh, TV to the other wall? And he clicks the remote, and then Steve goes, no, why don't you move yours? And they just start clicking at each other. <laughs> and they, like, start separating, going into the other's house. And you can see their arms sticking out. They're still mm-hmm. just clicking away. So I'm guessing they ended up getting to watch the uh, football game. Yeah. But here's another weird cut. It just, like, cuts instantly to Robbie. He's out. Side looking, he sees it. He sees the tree. He's like mesmerized by this tree, mm-hmm. and we find out that it's a very old tree. And Steve, uh, his dad, is actually a realtor. Is that ain't that right? He or is he a contractor? He builds the houses. I don't know if it actually really says what he does. I mean, he was showing the house. Well, he said my company did layouts, but then he shows a house later. So yeah, and I don't know if he's just trying to sell the the subdivision. Mm-hmm. Like, and then showing the houses that they've had built, or if he's, like, an actual realtor. That's funny, because uh, Robbie's looking at the tree, and all of a sudden it cuts to uh, Diane. She's upstairs, <clears throat> that she's got Tweety by his feet, fixing to throw him in the toilet. She flushes the toilet, and then all of a sudden Carol Ann comes around, and she's like, <gasps> and, he, and Diane looks over, and I'm like, Man, you should have dropped that bird like a lot sooner, you know. <laughs> Why? Yeah, she flushed the toilet before she ever put the bird in there. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, I want you to wake up. Now come in here and see me holding the bird over the yeah. Uh So Robbie climbs a tree, and as he climbs all the way up to the top, he see you could see in the background these storm clouds coming in, which I thought was looked really cool. Yeah. And uh, underneath him is Carol Ann, Diana, and Dana, and they're burying Tweety in this little box. It looks like a, like a little cigar box almost. And uh, Carol Ann starts praying. She's like, uh, is that She's, that? Yeah, the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Now Lord. lay me down to sleep. And as soon as she starts praying, her big sister Dana's like, oh, my gosh. Like, really? Yeah, she gets to the, if I should die before I wake, and her sister goes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they're burying Tweety, and then it's funny because uh, out of nowhere, uh, Carol Ann looks at her mom. She goes, can I get a goldfish? <laughs> and automatically, boom, it just cuts mm-hmm. to Robbie. Uh, he's scared. He's in his bed, and he's looking out at the tree again. That it's Like I said, it's something <clears throat> to do with that old tree. And you can uh, hear the storm. It's thundering. You can see the lightning, hearing the rain and all that. And all of a sudden, Diane... She walks in to their room, and sure enough, gum, she done got her a goldfish. He got it quick, two of them. Yeah, she, and she was like, she looked at Carol Ann, she was like, hey, hey. She's like, you're overfeeding them. No, no, you know, Carol Ann's over there feeding them. So she done got her uh, goldfish, and she tells them to go to bed. She gives them both a kiss, and she's like, okay, good night. Uh, I love y'all. She turns around to head out, and out of nowhere, Carol Ann starts going, closet light, closet <laughs> light. I didn't know what she was saying. Yeah. And she made sure she wasn't set up in the dark. Heck yeah, she was. She was scared. And you know the big brother, he was scared too. So it probably oh, yeah. so. Um, Diane goes over there and she turns the closet light on, and you know, she barely. I don't even know if she shuts the door, but she starts to. But I think she leaves it open a little bit. Uh, let's see here. So 
this is now this is something that totally blew my mind. I don't remember this scene at all. It cuts to Steve is on his belly at the end of the bed, rolling a joint, while Diane is smoking a joint. I don't remember that. I I, I was telling you, I was like, dude, I know it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. I don't remember that at all. No. Like, I, I mean, you couldn't really tell what he was rolling. I mean, he was licking <laughs> rolling papers, so you assume. Yeah. But you can clearly see that she was smoking a joint. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, that was, that was clear as day. Um, but I, no, I didn't, I didn't recognize that. Well, this scene, um, you can tell she's high as a kite. She's giddy laughing and all they're talking about is sleepwalking. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about her daughter. She's like, what if Carol Ann is sleepwalking, you know? And I don't know how it went from them talking about her sleepwalking to all of a sudden now the pool and he's talking about diving in. I think she was talking about whenever Carol Ann woke up the night before and was in front of the TV. Yeah. Maybe she said it might be something genetic. She was reading something. Then she had mentioned when she was a kid, she sleptwalked. Oh, and she okay. was talking about getting woke up and stuff like that. Well, that's when she said, well, what if she sleeps walking into the pool? That's oh. when they were start talking about, they were starting to get worried about her sleepwalking outside. You want, we talk about the dad because I didn't know what he was. He was, apparently he was a <coughs> swimmer at one point. Mm -hmm. So he's, you know, after they get done, they're sitting there talking about it. He stands up on the bed and he's doing these like swimming poses and. He's like, and she got her laughing. Well, he jumps off the bed. This funny part. Yeah. He's standing in front of the mirror after he lands on the bed, and he turns sideways, and he was like, look, before, sticks his gut out, or sticks, brings his gut in, and then he lets it back out and makes himself fat, and he's like, after. And he's just like, before, after, before, yeah. after. It was just, I don't know, it was like a little, little comedy relief before the storm. Well, after that, it cuts to Robbie. And he shows him he's trying to go to sleep, but he's watching the storm. And at the foot of his bed in a rocking chair, he has this creepy freaking looking clown. Look, I ain't afraid of clowns. Mm -mm. But if you, I'm 35 years old. If you put that at the foot of my bed right now, I ain't sleeping. Mm -mm. No. Matter of fact, that's getting, I'm going in the garbage can. No. Uh, but it's funny because Robbie leans up and he grabs a jacket. It's a Star Wars jacket. Mm-hmm. And he throws it over the clown and actually lands on the clown where you can't see his face anymore. And then he, roll he rolls over and tries to go to sleep. Did you notice how much Star Wars was mm. actually in that movie? Oh, yeah. They got Yoda beside him. They had Yoda beside him. That that uh, scene where she rolled over in the bed, she had uh, Luke Skywalker mm -hmm. that she was chewing on him. There was uh, a Star Wars poster. I don't, I don't know. Probably because it was George Lucas and Steven Spielberg worked together. Yeah. Them. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Well, uh, it cuts back to Steve and Diana, and they're in there just kind of messing around, not sexually or nothing. He's just playing with her, <clears throat> and she's cutting up laughing when I know where Robbie comes in there, the son, and he comes in there, and he's scared to death. And she heard, and she's still smoking a joint. She hears it, puts it away, and she's mm -hmm. like, what's wrong, baby? And he's like, I'm scared, the thunder, you know. So Steve gets up to go take care of him, and Steve actually, you know, gets in bed with him and lays down with him. And he's trying to be, I mean, he is. He's being a good dad. He's just like, he's like, son, he's like, I think the storm's going to go away from us. And he's like, how do you know? He says, well, if you count, every time it lightens, if you uh, count and uh, you get to a certain number, well, then once the lightning does it again, then you count again until it thunders, and that's when you know. So it shows that it lightens, it starts lightening, 
and they make it to three. You know, they won. Mm-hmm. Two miss it. And then the thunder hits. And he tells me, he's like, I'll guarantee you before you know it, you'll be up to four or five. That tells you the, th- uh, the storm's going away. And the whole time, uh, Carol Ann, she's laying over there. She can hear it too, you know. So as he kind of comforts Robbie, he starts to walk out the door, and he can hear both of the kids, the lightning strikes. And you can hear both of the kids, and they're going, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, you know. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I remember my, my, I remember being told that when I was a kid. I was, I used to be scared to death of storms. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I remember is watch the lightning count for the thunder. Well, it's cool because all of a sudden it just shows this big shot of lightning. Like the camera's up under the tree, like looking up at the tree. Mm-hmm. It shows this huge lightning and thunder. And then all of a sudden it cuts to Carol Ann and uh, Robbie are in bed with the parents asleep. Yep. So they didn't even make it through the night. Which, fun fact that I read, Robbie's uh, two fears in the movie were the tree and the clown. Mm-hmm. But that's that's off of Steven Spielberg's actual fears. There was a tree outside his house that he was scared of, and he had a fear of clowns when he was growing up. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Little, little FF for you, fun fact. There you go. Um, well, of course, as the kids are laying there, or they're all asleep in the parents' bed, you can hear the national anthem playing. So that, al- that already right there is setting it up. Time you? to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, so you already know what's going on. So the national anthem is playing, and when it cuts off, of course, there's the <clears> static. Well, Carol Ann, she wakes up, and she looks at, uh, at the TV. She can hear the voices. This is where you can kind of start hearing the, mum- the mumbling. Mm-hmm. Well, she sets up, and she goes over to the TV. She gets off the bed, goes to the TV, and now we're starting to see little lightning in the TV. It almost mm-hmm. looks like little fireflies. And they did, man. I tell you, some of my favorite camera shots in this whole movie were the two shots of Carol Ann in front of the TV with the, the snow on the TV and the static. Mm-hmm. Just that, that glare of the TV on her face and then it shining in her eyes and shining on her face. Those are two of the best shots that I remember from this whole movie. Yeah, it looked really oh, good. Oh, man. She's down on her knees looking at the TV and all of a sudden, these hands finally come out. So now we're seeing, okay, there's spirits in the TV. And the, t- uh, the spirits are going around her. They go, and the hands go, like, up toward the bed, the parents' bed. And it hits the middle of the wall and starts shaking. Mm-hmm. And the parents, of course, they wake, and they think it's an earthquake. And it's shaking the bed, everything. And when the, uh, the parents wake up and the son, Robbie, wakes up, they look at her. And, of course, she turns around and looks and says the famous line, they're here and it's funny because here's another cut <coughs> she says the famous line boom it just cuts to now the family's having breakfast some of the weirdest transitions man well and, it, and that's what i'm saying i mean i'm like you you you, you kind of think like it would die down the scene would die down for me yeah. but no it just cuts but now the uh the kids are having breakfast they're just playing around uh mm-hmm. being kids um and out of nowhere, Carol Ann, she gets up, and she goes over to this little mini TV they have on the counter, and, but she turns the channel. To, and, the, to the static. Yeah, and she just stares at it. She never says a word. She just stares at the static. And uh, Robbie is sitting there, and he's fixing to start eating his uh, waffles or whatever, and he picks up his fork, and his fork is bent weird. Well, then he picks up his spoon, and his, other, and his spoon is bent the same way. And like I said, now Caroline, she's just over there watching TV. Well, Dana, she goes to leave to go to school. And the way she was dressed, it looked like she went to like a public or a private girl's school. Did you yeah. notice that? Yeah, it, it, 
it never really said or showed anything, but yeah, she had that like it was a school uniform. And as she's walking out, she's getting her bicycle. There's three pool guys out there, and one of the bigger guys, which I told you, he's the Indian from the Native American, excuse me, uh, that plays on Predator. Yep. The very first Predator, and he's like, watch this. And they all they're doing is like whistling at her, flirting. Yeah. And she fl- turns around, she does this hand gesture, and then she flips them off, and they all start chuckling and laughing. Mm-hmm. And the mom's watching it the whole time. Well, she's cracking up laughing, too. Yeah, she's laughing, too. So, you know, so I, I guess it wasn't supposed to be like a real big concern. Like, they wasn't going to mess with her or nothing. Well, she sees uh, her daughter do that, and she's laughing. The dog starts barking, she or she can hear the dog barking. Well... Diane goes upstairs and the dog is on her bed barking at the wall, that spot where the um, TV people hit. Yep. And she's like, what are you doing? Is this where the dog went and got something? Yeah, he the dog was on the bed and he was barking, like standing up, and then he jumped off the bed and went and got one of his toys and brought it back to the bed mm. and jumped back up there at the same spot. Well, as she's up there, she finally tells she's like, get down. What well, cuts to, there's a pool guy Leaned in the window, and he's drinking some coffee. And I don't know what he scooped out of the... Uh, almost like chili. That's what I thought. I don't know what he scooped out of that bowl, but he ate it. And then it, here she, here comes Diane. She's like, uh, what did she say? Oh, man, what would she say? Uh, something like, uh, are you enjoying yourself or something yeah, like how that? How is it? Or and he's, like, he's like, your coffee is amazing. And she just takes the cut from him, and she closed the blinds, mm-hmm. you know. I said, man, that's some terrible uh, pool people. Uh, well, she turns to look at um, Carol Ann. Carol Ann is still over there by the TV. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, she's like, okay, it's time to get ready for school. And she looks over, and all the chairs at the table are pulled out. Like like there was like five or six people sitting there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, honey, did you do this? And she said, no. <clears throat> well, she goes over there, and she pushes them all in, and the camera follows her. Well, as she goes over to talk to uh, Carol Ann again, the camera follows her. And she's like, come on, honey, let's go. And she turns around, and now all the chairs are on the table stacked up. Without a single sound. Yes. And this is where some of her best, like, nonverbal communication, where she's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah. She's like, she was like, TV people? She's like, uh-huh. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. she did really good on that. And the mom... Is it even frightening? Like, she jumps at first. Yeah. But then when she said the TV people and, and you said her daughter answers, it's like, her mom's, like, thrilled by it. She's like, holy crap. Like, we, yeah. we've stumbled across something here. <clears throat> well, it cuts to Steve, and this is where he's showing somebody's the house. But it's funny because it shows a shot of their kitchen with the tables, or the chairs stacked up, and it fades into another house that looks identical. So, apparently, this neighborhood, all the layouts are pretty much the same. Is that the way you took that? It, it's it's one of those... Uh, <coughs> it, it's a suburb that you're trying to put together. It's almost like a uh, Pleasantville, Utopia-type place where all the houses are the same, everybody's the same, and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, all the houses apparently look identical. Well, even in the trailer, it says this house looks like that house and looks like the next house and this house. Yeah. You want to talk about this scene right here? It's uh, where she's excited to show Steve... Steve comes home that night to grab the trash cans. Yeah, he, he she comes in, or he comes in. <clears throat> she and Carol Ann are uh, in the kitchen. She drags Steve in there, and she's all excited. And on the floor, she's actually got the dining room table pushed up against the wall. And on the floor, she's got a circle drawn with a couple of arrows coming from the, the circle. 
Well, she has him come over there, and she's, like, all excited, and she's like, look, look, watch this, watch this. She takes the chair, she puts it in the circle, and she's like, just remember when you were a little kid, and you kind of, you seen things, and you felt things. She said, now, just, just imagine that feeling for me. So he's standing there, she puts the chair in the little circle, and about two seconds goes by, and all of a sudden, the chair starts to rattle, and as the chair finishes rattling, it just starts scooting all the way across the floor up to the wall. She gets all ecstatic about it. She's all happy, jumping around up and down for joy like she's happy. So then she takes Carolyn. Uh, Steve walks over to the chair, flips it upside down. He's looking at the bottom of the chair. Well, she takes Carolyn, and she's got this L.A. Rams helmet from the kid's bedroom. <laughs> she puts this helmet, the football helmet on Carolyn, sets her down in the middle of the circle, and she's like, just, you know, just sit there and... And all of a sudden, Carol Ann starts sliding across the floor. Mm-hmm. Well, her dad, Steve, catches her. She jumps up. She's like, Mommy, that burns. She's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I hadn't waxed the floor. So it was like all this stuff. So then, uh, what's her name? Diane. She tries to get Steve to come over and do it. And he's like, No, I'm not doing it. So that's when they decide to go over to the neighbor's house. Yeah. And that, you can tell he, he don't really know what to think about it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh. So Diane and Steve, they go over there and talk to Ben. And he's like, uh, I, I can't remember what he says. Like, as soon as he opens the door, Ben does. He's like, uh, we're not turning the t- we're not changing the channel yeah, or something like yeah. that, you know. And she's giddy where Steve is not. Steve's like, wait a minute, something ain't right. Well, he laughs a couple of times while they're at that house. That's right. why I think both of them were high or something. Well, and what was the deal with the mosquitoes? Because the whole time he's talking to them. I have no idea. Yeah, because they keep slapping their neck. And Ben's like, what's wrong with y'all? And they're like, these darn mosquitoes. And he's like, I haven't had one mosquito touch me all. And then his son comes over and he's like, mm-hmm. have you been attacked by any mosquitoes? No. But anyway, all they're doing is asking him pretty much what, um, if, they, if they've had anything weird at their house. He cuts to now, Robbie, he's still ca- uh, in his room. He's under the covers and he's counting the thunder. And he's watching that daggum tree again. And lightning strikes. And he starts counting one, one thousand, two, one thousand, and out of nowhere, the big freaking tree like comes alive, mm-hmm. and the branch, or the <clears throat> arms come into Robbie's glass or his window. Glass goes everywhere. Freaking Robbie screaming. The music's getting intense, and he pretty much cups. Or I say him like the trees of him. Yeah. The tree grabs a hold of Robbie and starts to pull Robbie out, and he's flipping out. Um, the parents, they're running to see what's going on, and you can see there's a twister outside, a tornado. Mm-hmm. And while all this chaos is going on, you know, they go outside. They, they just seen this. Steve, uh, Diane, and Dana just saw the tree dragging uh, Robbie out the window. Yeah. So they run downstairs, and the whole time they left Carol Ann up there, she's setting up, and her closet opens with this bright white light. And it starts sucking everything in. From her room and Robbie's room, of course. That's when all hell starts breaking loose. Oh, yeah. So the uh, TV people, I guess that's what you want to call them, they're trying to, they're getting her in there. Well, they're outside. The parents are dealing with the tornado, and the parents are dealing with trying to get Robbie out of the tree. And like I said, this is, to me, this was like a very, this is probably the most intense scene of the movie to me. Like, just because the music's picking up and everybody's screaming, hollering. And finally, we see that the TV people, that bright light, sucks Carol Ann in there. I mean, bed, everything. And 
after it's all done, the tornado goes away. They're like, where's Carol Ann? And uh, Dana, or not Dana, uh, what was the uh, daughter's name? Uh, uh, it was Dana. Dana's like, I left her upstairs. We, You know, I left her by herself. Yeah. So they all run back upstairs. They're going to her room. Half of her room's cleaned out. So they're flipping <clears> out. They're starting to look around. Well, they go into the closet, and they see where it looks like she's setting up. And they're like, oh, they think that she got underneath this cover. As they pull the cover off, it's the clown doll setting up. So now everybody is running through the house trying to find where Carol Ann is. And Robbie goes into uh, his parents' bedroom, and the static's on the TV. Well, finally, he can hear Carol Ann yelling for Mommy. And Robbie starts tripping out. When he, he's like, Mom, Mom, like He's flipping out. Well, he's already, like, shocked. He just yeah. got kidnapped by a tree, yanked mm-hmm. out of his window from, you know. He's got all that nasty slime on him, look like mm-hmm. sap and everything. Yeah. So, uh, Diane runs in there, and she can hear uh, Carol Ann going, Mommy? And she thinks she's in the room. And finally, Robbie looks at her, and he's like, Mom, Mom, Mom. He's flipping out. And she grabs a hold of him, and she's down on the floor with him. And all of a sudden, she finally realizes that Carol Ann's calling from the TV. And uh, everybody runs in. They can hear it. And then all of a sudden, boom, it cuts to Steve. One of them great transitions. Yeah, just like that. Real intense. And then cuts to, you just see the back of Steve, and he's talking to Dr. Leash, uh, Marty, and Ryan. They're investigators. Like I I guess they're paranormal investigators. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's just telling them what they're asking him questions. You know, when did this happen? What's going on? And he's answering all their questions. And next thing you know, it cuts to now the investigators, all of them are at his house. And um, she's like, well, where's the little girl's room? And they're like, well, we don't go in there no more. We just, we lock it. And you can tell he hasn't slept. He's got dark eyes now. And they're like, we don't go in there. We we keep it locked. And she's like, well, I want to see it. Dr. Leash is. They go up, and I don't remember this scene either. They open the uh, uh, Robbie and Caroline's door, and not only is the light still shining in the closet, but things are floating around the room. The room's going crazy. What 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 were some of the things that were flying around? There was a uh, <clears throat> there was an old record that had a protractor on it, and mm-hmm. it was playing the music. There was a horse that had the Incredible Hulk riding on it. That's what I thought that was. Yep. Uh, what else was there? There was a book, a dictionary that opened up and was kind of fluttering at them. It was, it was all kinds of stuff. But I thought it was pretty neat. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, Dr. Leach hurry up and shuts the door and they lock it. And uh, it cuts to now they're in the living room and Diane says, uh, we're going to talk to Carol Ann. We're, we're going to find out where she's at. And like I said, the, investig- the three investigators are there waiting to see what exactly if they can communicate with her. And Diane and Steve start talking. They're like, uh, Carol Ann, this is mommy. And then the dad starts talking. And sure enough, you can hear uh, Carol Ann. She's like, mommy? And she's like, yes, baby, that's me. She's like, can you can you see me? <coughs> she says, no, all I see is a white light. And she says, I'm afraid of the light. And uh, she says, uh, honey, stay away from the light. Stay away from the light. Like, so... You know, you always hear go towards the light. Mm-hmm. They're telling her to stay away, and she's scared of it, so we don't know exactly what's in the light. Well, it's cool. I don't know if you picked up on it, but you can hear her talking from the TV, 
And then all of a sudden, like, she's like, I'm afraid of the light, Mommy. And she starts running, and you can hear her running through the house. Yeah, and it was like you could hear her walking and running up the stairs. Yeah. Yeah, it was a trip. Well, Diane, she gets up, and she goes toward, uh, she's starting to go up the stairs. Mm -hmm. And out of nowhere, you see her hair blows back like something ran past her. And Diane just starts getting emotional, and she's like, I can feel her. She goes, look. She goes, she just she just ran through me. I can feel her. And then she's like, oh, my gosh, I can smell her. She smelled her on her hands. She mm-hmm. smelled her on her scarf. And this is what we was laughing at. She goes over to Mrs. Leach. And she, uh, yeah, Dr. Leach. And she's like, smell. This smells <laughs> like my daughter. And we were like, she don't know what your daughter smells yeah. like. Yeah. But so we know now that it's kind of like ghost. Patrick Swayze's ghost. Yeah. You know, when he run around. Excuse me. Uh, well, Ryan, which is Dr. Leash's uh, assistant, he finally uh, tells uh, Dr. Leash, he's like, hey, if there's a way in, then this right here is probably a way out, the portal, yeah. you know. So, And it's in their uh, living room. Um, now, this scene right here, to me, I feel like kind of drug the movie down a little bit. It's nighttime. They're all sleeping in the living room. Everybody, even Dr. Leash and her two uh, guys are staying. Yeah. And Diane and Robbie are laying on the couch. And Dr. Leash just goes over there and they start talking about <clears> the <throat> afterlife. I, I kind of feel like it did too for me. But for me, it was they were whispering and it was really hard to follow what they were saying. Yeah. I mean, you could you literally had to turn the TV all the way up and really pay attention. Especially when Robbie talked. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I pretty much in a nutshell, she was just explaining there's different layers, there's different people, or there's a difference in how people die. When they die, some believe, some go to heaven, some go to hell, some get trapped in between, some don't want to leave, they want to watch their loved ones go on. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, um, in a nutshell, I mean, that's pretty much what that whole conversation was about. Well, now everybody is asleep, so you can tell time's passed, and Marty and um, Ryan are sitting there, and Marty's watching the computer screens, or the TV screen, excuse me. Well, Marty goes over to Ryan, he's like, hey, man, he's like, come over and watch these. He goes, I'm going to go get something to eat. That dude just made himself at home. Yeah. He goes into the kitchen, which was a no-no, because they said stay out of the kitchen. He goes into the kitchen, he grabs a chicken leg, out, a cold chicken leg out of the refrigerator, and he starts, he puts it in his mouth, you know, he's chewing on it. Well, then he gets a big old steak, and he sets it on the counter. Now, who sets a steak on the counter just, like, on the counter? No glut, no nothing? No. That's unsanitary. Yeah. And as he turns around, uh, he shuts the fridge door. As he goes over to the sink, and when he turns around, the steak is crawling, like, across the countertop. Mm-hmm. Well, he's he's kind of, like, shocked. He's still got the chicken leg in his mouth. And out of nowhere, it looked disgusting. In the middle of this steak, like, all this putrid-looking old meat starts coming out of it. Well, he opens his mouth, like, in shock, and the chicken leg falls out. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at the chicken leg, and it's got maggots all over it. So that gets him sick. So Marty <clears throat> takes off running and goes to the bathroom. And he starts washing his face. Well, then he looks up, and he, he can see on his side of his cheek, he's got, like, a cut. Well, he starts wiping it off. Well, next thing you know, you start seeing blood coming out of his face. And then the more he's wiping his face, his flesh is actually peeling off of his face. And you can, he gets all the way down to the skull. And you see the chunks of flesh falling into the uh, sink. And then out of nowhere, boom, he looks up and everything's normal. So, that, so them ghosts were playing tricks on him. It almost looks like a Casper 
when his face started changing when he was washing his face off in Casper. He went to Mel Gibson. He went to Clint Eastwood. It was just like, that's, that's the first thing that popped in my head. I don't know why. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was like, he goes to the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, I mean, we'll go ahead and point it out. It's 1982, so. Yeah, it, clearly it doesn't have the best graphics in the world. But, but you got to take that in consideration. It, I bet you guarantee the people that watch the theaters was like, holy crap. Oh, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, then, when Marty comes back in there, out of nowhere, this light starts coming from upstairs. And they're watching the... Uh, the light and Marty and Ryan go all the way to the end of the stairs. The parents, everybody in the house pretty much wakes up. And out of nowhere, here comes this ghost coming downstairs. I thought it was a woman. That's the way it looked to me, a figure. It really did. Like a woman floating <clears> down <throat> the stairs. Well, it comes downstairs and it goes past everybody and all of a sudden it just kind of separates. Well, it goes away and Marty and Ryan's like, check the screen, check the, uh, check the recordings. See if we got it on camera. Well, they did, but now when they watch it, there's tons of ghosts. I thought it was cool because you could see a guy with a, like a fedora on. Yeah, and, and stuff. you could see girl or women walking by with their hair flowing. There was guys with hats on. It was yeah, it was trippy. So there's more than just one ghost in this house. <clears throat> oh yeah, and they got it on camera, so that was cool. Um, well, the next scene it cuts to a cab is picking up Robbie. And what'd you say? You can tell this movie was made back in the 80s? Cause the oh, yeah. They're putting a the kid on the cab by himself. You couldn't do that today. No. So, uh, the cab is um, taking Robbie and the dog, because the dog ends up jumping into his grandmother's house while this stuff's going on. Well, uh, later on, Miss Dr. Leach is uh, talking to Diana, and she tells, it's funny because she tells Diana, she's like, uh, me and Ryan are going to come back. Marty's not. <laughs> like, yeah. Marty's done. Yeah, oh, he's done. Uh, and, but, you know, Diane starts tearing up, and uh, Dr. Leash holds her, and she's like, and I want you to know I'm coming back with help. So, anyways. The greatest. Nope, 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 nope. Next thing you know, yeah, here, here you go. The greatest thing right here. Next thing you know, we hear a knock on the door, and we see a guy we get introduced to, Mr. Teague. He comes in and there he is. Booty dude. It's Frank from uh, Return of the Living Dead. And I'm guessing, and I, well, he is. He's a boss of Steve because he even makes the comment, we, sh- we should have made you partners three years ago. Yeah. But anyway, he comes in. All he's doing is uh, checking up on Steve. He's like, hey, man, we've heard, you know, you've missed a lot of work lately. And Steve tells him, he's like, well, we got the flu. Which, I mean, he did look like he was sick anyway. Oh, yeah. And that's what he's telling me. He's like, and that's his excuses. You know, well, we got the flu. What, Mr. Teague's like, come on outside. I want to show you something. Well, Mr. Teague uh, is talking with Steve, and they're walking up the hill where they can see the future houses, where it's going to happen at, where they're going to get built at, and he can see the neighborhood. And he's walking with something in his hand, and he sticks it in the ground, and he looks at uh, Steve, and he's like, how would you like this to be yours? And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, this property is yours where you can overlook everything that is to come. And then he turns around, he looks, and there's a cemetery behind him, a really neat-looking cemetery. And he's like, not much uh, space for a pool. And he's like, no, 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 no. He goes, we're going to move the cemetery. And he's like, oh, man. Steve's like, ain't that sacrilegious? And he's like, no, we're going to move the bodies and everything. He's gonna, he said, we're going to relocate them. But that's what he was offering. He was on top of that <clears throat> hill to put his house up there. Mm-hmm. He said he mentioned that we had already done it, and he was like, "For where?" And he turns him around, looking back over everything behind him, yeah. which is where his house is. 
So, so we, basically, he let them know. But what's cool about it is that I read <coughs> it when he's looking at the cemetery, there's a tree in the cemetery that looks almost identical to the tree in his yard. Oh, really? That The big tree that the kid was mm-hmm. scared to death of. Yeah. So it was almost like that was a hint for everybody that, you know, the, that his house was built on an old cemetery. Cool. That tree, like. I have to go back and look at or look, get on Google and yeah. see if I can find a picture of it. That's cool. So yeah, so we now we know that all those houses or that neighborhood has been built right on top of an old cemetery, which he claims Doctor T or Mister Teague claims that he moved the bodies and relocated them. Now you get you get to explain this whole part right here. Worst part of the movie. Why right you ahead. don't hate on Tangina, man? Go ahead. So the hero of the movie. <laughs> Played by Zelda Shuhush. Don't don't hate on Zelda. Um, what was her last name? Rubenstein. I don't know. Rubenstein. It's Tangina in the movie. So she's coming to the house and she's walking around the house. Um, basically, she's doing a uh, a spiritual medium reading on the house. She's just walking through the house with uh, Doctor Lee, with Diane, with. Uh, Steve. Steve or no, Steve? Yeah, Steve got back there. Ryan was there too, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So um she's going through the reading. She what Johnny has written down is long, boring speech. <laughs> she's basically just giving Wait, 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 wait. Before you go there. She does end up telling Diana, because Diana's tearing up. She says... Well, yeah, I daughter- counted that in the long run. Oh, okay. Speech. Well, she says your daughter is alive yeah. and in this house. Yeah. She she tells him that her daughter is alive in the house. Um, and then goes on to give her the speech of the spirits that are in the house. Um, just Basically, just telling them that there are spirits in the house. But then she says there are spirits with like ill intentions, basically. Mm-hmm. So saying not only are there normal-ish spirits, but there are also spirits in the house that have bad intentions. Right. It's basically what it boiled down to. Yeah. I, I don't know the speech word for word, so I can't tell you the speech. Nobody should. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> did you know, Fun little, another little fun fact for you, Zelda was actually considered to be a medium, like in real life. Like, she got visions and all that kind of stuff. That's one of the reasons she got the role. Hmm. Yeah. Little fun fact for you on your favorite character the whole movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Diana and Steve. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Tangina. Tangina tells Diana and Steve. They're like, she's like, we need to communicate with your daughter, and she's like, which? Uh, and Diana starts going, sweetie. She's like, uh, Caroline, will you talk to me? Where you at? And Tangina is that her name? She's like. Something's got a hold of her, making her feel comfortable. It's but it's 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 evil, and she's like, "Which one of you are more stern?" And she's like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Which one does she fear more, uh, you or your husband?" And they're like, "Well, nobody really, but more of the husband." She's like, "Well, tell her, uh, get loud with her and get uh, rough with her. Tell her you're going to spank her." And he's like, "I've never spanked her before." She she's like, "But just do it." If she doesn't answer, and he's like, uh, "Honey, Caroline, this is your dad talking." He's like. Uh, I need you to answer me now, or you will get a, a spanking. Mm-hmm. Like he starts getting stern with her, and sure enough, that worked. Where Carol Ann's like, uh, "Daddy," like and she starts telling her, "She what, what is it?" Uh, she tell him that uh, she's in, she's in the, uh, she's in the light. 
And she's like, Mommy, you're in the light too? And she's like, No, I'm not in the light. Stay out of the light. Yeah. Like, she's trying to, she's, whatever's got a hold of uh, Carol Ann uh, in the further is what I'm going to call it. Yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> That's what it reminded me it of. It did. Whatever it's got a hold of, her, uh, whatever's got a hold of her is making her feel comfortable. But that's what they're trying to break it. And <clears throat> they take these uh, balls that Ryan wrote, ball number one, ball number two. And they're, uh, they're getting the portal open by having Carol Ann. She's running from whatever she, whatever had a hold of her. Yeah. So the lights in the closet and the light in the uh, living room are both going. And Tangina or whatever, she goes in there and she's looking at the light. And she's like, give me the balls. So she gets ball number one, and she tells Ryan, go downstairs, see if this works. She throws it in the portal, and as she throws it in the closet, it comes out the roof in the front room, and he's like, he gets it, it's got like slime on it, he's like, holy crap, this is mine. He goes, it worked. So then she gets the second ball and throws it in, and it comes back out the same way. So they, now they know, okay, this is the entrance, that's the exit. Um, so now she's telling him, she's like, uh, give me the rope. And she's having Diane talk to uh, Carol Ann. She's like, don't believe whatever that thing's telling you. Don't go into the light. Uh, mommy's coming, you know. Uh, and they get a rope. But it's funny because Tangina's like, uh, you don't need to go in. I'll go in. And she goes, you've never done it before. And she looks at Tangina and she goes, you've never done it before. Tangina's like, you're right. You go. You go. <laughs> so they get the rope and Steve starts to tie it around um, Diane and... They're telling her, ease her in gently, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they they throw the other end inside the closet, and Ryan catches it in the uh, living room. And pretty much, uh, Tangina tells Steve, she's like, you hang on to that rope and don't let it go quick or anything. And Ryan actually gave, uh, pulled out the slack in the in the uh, living room. Right before they, uh, Diane goes in, uh, Steve goes over there, and they hug, and they kiss, and he tells her, I, I promise I won't let go. I won't let it go. So she goes into the light, or into the closet. She disappears. They're hanging on to it. And the whole time, Ryan is slowly pulling the rope on the exit side in the living room. And it's got, like, slime all over it. And Steve's slowly feeding it in. Once again, here's another intense scene. The music's picking up. Uh, the, uh, the closet's, like, throwing stuff out. I mean, just, how would you say... It's one of them scenes that make you sit on the edge of your seat. You're like, all right, here we go. Right. Uh, well, all of a sudden, he starts flipping out because he can hear his daughter uh, screaming for mommy and screaming, you know, like she's scared. And Steven starts pulling the rope too early. And Tangina's like, no, 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 don't pull it yet. Don't pull it yet. And he starts pulling it because Tangina starts yelling at Carolyn, go toward the light. And he's like, you told her to stay out of the light. Yeah. He's starting to get emotional. Well, he starts pulling this rope. And I know where this big freaking monster the face monster, comes yeah. out, coming out towards Steve, Steven, and he it falls back. Reminded me of Iron Maiden. Yes. <laughs> uh, it come out, and he lets go of the rope by accident. Uh-huh. And so the rope starts getting sucked in, and that thing reminded me, I know you don't watch the, you haven't seen all the Evil Dead movies, but on Evil Dead 2, it finally shows what the, the evil monster looks like. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so all of a sudden, the rope gets sucked in. And uh, out of nowhere, in the living room, we get an upward shot, and we see Diana and Carol Ann, and they're falling from the roof. They got the rope beside both of them, and they're covering this line, and boom, they land on the ground, and 
now we know they're out of the portal. But as they're laying there, Stephen runs up and realizes that I guess they're not conscious and they're not breathing his way. Well, I took it. Yeah, Tangina even starts yelling to get them into the water because they ran a, a whole tub full of water before they started all this. Oh, did they? Okay, yeah. see, I missed that part. Yep. Well, he picks um, his wife and daughter up and he puts them in the bathtub with the water. And he's, you know, he's emotional. He's crying. And he was like, come on, baby, wake up, wake up. And he's, he's uh, like, tapping her, rubbing her head and stuff. And finally she wakes up. She spits up. Like, it's almost like she had water on her lungs. She spits up and she wakes up. Well, then they look at Carol Ann. And he's like, come on, baby. Come on, Carol. And she wakes up. And the first thing she does when she pops up, she's like, daddy? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, they both start crying. Yeah. So, a happy ending. The music's going good. Everything looks to be good. And then Tangina. Second famous line of the whole movie. She turns around and looks at Dr. Leash, I believe. And she's like, this house is clean. And But she even like poses for the camera. Because they're actually recording her. She fluffs her hair. This house is clean. And then it cuts to, boom. They're moving. Oh, they're getting the heck out of Dodge. The next day, they're already packing. They've got, I mean, they got a lot of crap packed. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'm, I'm going to call this out here in a minute because I think, it, I don't know if they, it was supposed to be a blooper or not, but they're talking about getting out of the house. And Stephen's like, we're not staying in this house another night. And he's like, we're going to stay at the Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. We're getting out of here. But he does say, if the kids get tired, let them conk out. When I get home, we'll leave. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay, we well, good. Yeah, he did say that. I did not hear that. Okay, good. So anyway, so we know they're uh, all moving. They're getting out of the house. Well, he leaves. I think he has to, is he going to work? Yeah, he was going to the office or something. Well, it cuts to, like, now it's nighttime, and Diana is uh, is getting ready to get into the bath. She's starting to water and everything. And I the way the camera followed her in the bathroom where she went, set something on the sink, she went back to the tub, turned the water on, went back to the sink. I kept looking in the mirror because I was like, something's, something's going to happen. Yeah, and nothing ever did. So she walks over, she turns her uh, bath water on, and she can hear Robbie and Carol Ann playing in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of bickering, but they're playing. And when she walks in there, she's like, uh, hey, I'm fixing to get in the bath. She said, Robbie, or she said, you two can go to bed, but if y'all hear somebody call, answer the phone, or, you know, she says, just let me, long enough for me to take a bath. And they're like, all right, mama. So they go lay down, and she goes to get in the bathtub. Well, as Robbie's laying down, you know, the lights are off and stuff, he tries to do the same thing he did earlier in the movie. That stupid clown, which I don't get why they left that out. The stupid clown is at the end of foot of his bed. He takes the uh, jacket again and he throws it, but he overshot it. And it misses the clown. And he just kind of stares at it for a minute. And he's like, eh. Because the, the arm of the clown actually falls. Yeah. And he's like, I forget it. And he lays down to go to sleep. Another creepy thing that reminded me of the Adams Family, uh, Wednesday. It cuts over to Carol Ann, and she's got a baby doll, and the doll head is, a, is not attached to the body. And it's like up on the pillow mm-hmm. where the body's, or, and the doll's body is on the bed. And she just slowly brings the head down and sets it on top. And then she grabs it and rolls over, and the head stays, and the body goes. Yeah, and it's exactly what Wednesday would do on Adams Family. Mm-hmm. Um, so as they're laying there asleep, uh, Robbie is woken by something he hears. Now it does it does do a quick shot of his mom laying in the bathtub with the bubbles and everything. Well, it cuts to Robbie's laying in bed and he can hear like, Ka-dum! and he kind of looks over 
And he looks up, and the clown is gone, but the rocking chair is rocking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, he starts to look over on the left side of the bed. He, he looks. He doesn't see anything. goes to the right side of the bed, and he ra- hurry up and raises the uh, sheet up to see. There's nothing underneath his bed. And as he s- sets up, the clown is on his left-hand side with an evil-looking smile. It does an evil-looking or evil laugh. It, it starts grabbing hold of him and chokes him. He starts uh, go, Mom, Mom, and it takes him off to bed. Uh, well, as Diane is, she goes, she's out of the shower. She's got a t-shirt on and panties. She goes and lays on the bed. Well, she hears Robbie flipping out. Well, as she starts to get up, something holds her down, and it looked like the ghost was going to rape her. Yeah, he, he was trying to get inside something. Yeah, because he was pulling the shirt up and everything, and it starts dragging her up on the wall, which reminded me of... Uh, Scary movie, too. Nope. Oh. It reminded me of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, where Freddy's cutting a girl oh, up, and he's dragging her across the yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah. But as that's as the ghost is dragging uh, Diane up the wall, when it cuts to you see the clown underneath the bed. All you see is it's like a it's like they're standing on the bed recording, facing down. You see the clown's arms dragging him and his feet's kicking underneath mm-hmm. him. He get the little boy uh, Robbie gets pulled underneath the bed. The clown's laughing. We don't know what he's doing to him. Uh, and Carol Ann is just sitting up staring. Yeah, Cause she, yeah, because the, the closet started glowing again. Yeah, so now she's like fixated on the closet because that's what you know, happened to her last time. Right. Well, Diane finally uh, gets back on the ground and she runs in, and as she runs in, Erno, she starts to go, and then all of a sudden, boom, she gets knocked down the steps. She can't make it back upstairs. It, the, whatever that evil is is not letting her back up there. Yeah. Well, it's funny because. Uh, Robbie finally gets out from underneath the bed, and he's like, I hate you, I hate you. He, like, starts mm-hmm. beating this clown up. Well, the closet door is finally all the way open. And I don't know what that nasty-looking crap was. It looked like somebody's throat, like the inside of somebody's throat. It reminded me of the uh, the uh, Ghostbusters. The the River Ooze. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Um, but... Now the portal is all the way open, and it's trying to suck everything in again. And Diane is trying her hardest to get upstairs, but she can't do it. Well, she's outside, and it's raining, and she's running to the fence, and she, like, kind of hops on the fence, and she's like, somebody help me, help me. She's trying to get her neighbors to come out. Well, she ends up actually tripping and falling into the pool. And it's nothing but mud is what the pool is because they're making it, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of filled with water on the deep end. Well, as she falls into the pool, when she comes, she starts to get out of it, we see all these skeletons start coming up. Which, Randy, you had a fun fact for us. I did. They actually used real human skeletons to to film that scene. Where all the skeletons were coming out of the ground, the coffins and everything. They used real human skeletons. For what reason, I couldn't tell you. Right. But that's what they blame the poltergeist curse on with the fact that there have been multiple people after the movie was filmed that died from it. <clears throat> One being Heather O'Rourke that played Carol Ann. She died from uh, stenosis after drinking well water, which is basically she went septic is what it was. Uh, Dana, um, uh, the older daughter, she was actually, this is actually the only film she'd ever been in because she was killed that same year, I think in November is what it was, by her boyfriend. She was strangled and she died five days later. And then... Uh, Marty. The, Marty. um is it Marty? The white guy? No, not him. Ryan? No. Um, they, they they call him Pugsley, but it's the guy that tasted the soup in the window of the pool guy. He was the one. 
that died uh, in 2009, he was killed by a guy with an axe. Are you sure that's him? Yep, yep he was 69. Wow. Yep. Yeah, they, they, they blame the poltergeist curse on the fact that they hmm. used human skeletons, like real skeletons. Well, she's down in the water. All these, I mean, men and women skeletons are coming up. Well, now, all of a sudden, caskets are coming up. Mm-hmm. And the casket doors are open and bodies are falling out. Well, she's trying to crawl out, and all of a sudden, we just see a, a hand grab, uh, an arm grabber, And we don't know who it is. I thought it was her husband at first. Yeah, and it's the actual too. neighbor, Ben, and his wife. And I don't think they ever said her name. But they pull her up, and they're like, uh, what's wrong? What, what's going on? And, you know, she starts screaming, which I thought she did, she did a pretty good her acting was really good in this movie. Yeah. Excuse me. Anyway, so Diane goes up. Uh, she finally gets back in the house. She goes up to save Robbie. She's able to make it upstairs. And as she opens Robbie and Carol Ann's door, she sees uh, Robbie hanging on to the bed. Uh, and both of them are getting sucked into that hole. And she's like, reach for me, Robbie. Reach for me. He grabs a hold of uh, his mom's hand. She says, now grab your sister. They, he grabs a hold of her hand, and Diane's able to pull him out of the room. They shut the door, and uh, out of nowhere, Steve shows back up. He's finally off work, but he's also got Mr. Teague with him. Well, Steve's like, "What? what's going on? He can't get in the house, so he goes around the side of the house, and I know where this casket comes up, and the body falls out. And I love this scene. I thought it was a really good, intense scene. He grabs Mr. his boss, I guess, Mr. Teague, and he's like, you only moved the headstones, didn't you? Didn't you, you SOB? You left the bodies here. Like, I thought it was a really oh, good yeah. scene. Yeah, that was, yeah. And, and Mr. Teague don't know what to do. He's scared to death. He can't answer at all. I was just waiting for, oh, I did. Oh. You know. <laughs> I'd have shut it off. I, no, no you wouldn't have. Nope. No, no you wouldn't no have. And um, uh, anyway, as all that's going down, finally, uh, the kids and the uh, mom are finally able to get out of the house. Uh, the free, uh, their name, last name's Freeling. Yep. The Freeling family actually get in their vehicle and they start to take off. And Dana shows up and she kills me. She gets out of the car. She's like, "What's going on? Just What's screaming. going on?" She just and they're like, "Get in!" And you you start laughing too because oh, Robbie's like, "Dad, go! Just leave her. Go, go!" Robbie know? was literally leaving. And she gets in the car. They just take off. And the the house is like literally like looks like a soda can. It's just crunching Collapsing up. Collapsing in on itself. Yes. And the whole time it's doing it, it's uh, collapsing in front of Mr. Teague and the other neighbors. They're all out watching it. And out of nowhere, it just, boom, it just sinks into the ground. And Mr. Teague uh, puts his hand up on his face because he knows he did wrong. Mm-hmm. What? It cuts to, after that big intense scene, it cuts to a Holiday Inn. You see the family going upstairs. They go into their hotel room. And they just look so, like, beat. Yes. <laughs> and you see the Holiday Inn sign, you know, mm-hmm. in the background. Well, they shut the door. And then all of a sudden the door opens back up and Steve, the dad, comes out with the TV set. And he just sets it. He rolls it out sets it he on, on he, the balcony. He ain't having that no more. No. Sets it on the balcony. Turns around and goes back inside. And out of nowhere... Boom, the credits are starting to roll, and it says the end. And that is the end of Poltergeist. The cult classic. Yes. So, that being said, it is time for the... For the what? It feels so good to be able to say this again. For the what? Pulling scale. Pulling scale. Pulling scale. Pulling scale. About time. Seems like it's been forever. Eventually, we're going to have to get the pulling man on here. We are. We are. We just got to get them work schedules. Right. 
So, Randy, you're going to get to review this first, so lay it out there, buddy. Tangina was the star of the whole... No. <laughs> I did like her character, though. Um, again, this isn't one of the movies that I watched multiple times growing up as a kid. So, I'm not, I'm not going into this movie as somebody that's biased because it's something that I watched all the time growing up, like I was on Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um... I did enjoy the movie still. Like, for the, for the one time that I know for a fact I watched it as a kid, to watching it now, I did enjoy watching the movie. Granted, it's not one of those movies that I'll probably watch on a regular basis. Right. It's not one of those movies that I can go, hey, oh, you're here, you've never seen it? Let's put it in and watch it, you know? I mean, I'll be like, hey, you need to watch it sometime. <laughs> um, it's got, like I said, the two shots with Carol Ann in front of the TV, for me, are the two best shots of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Because it it's the look on her face. She Heather O'Rourke had some of the best nonverbal acting in the whole movie. Right. Just her facial expressions. And this kid was only like seven years old at the time. Right. Um she did I mean, to me she was she was the best actor in the whole movie. Um I didn't care for the sudden screen transitions. Mm-hmm. The music really didn't step out or stand out to me. Um, I, I'm not going to harp on the graphics because it was 1982, right? Right. Uh, so, I, so I'm not going to harp on the graphics. I, I can I could see how like uh, Marty being in the little bathroom washing his face would have been creepy as heck in 1982. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not hopping on the graphics at all. Um, unlike you, I did really like Tangina's character because it was something like. It, it was it, she. She really played that little, the medium really well. I thought, um, but yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know, I, I can't be biased with it because it's not a movie that I watched all the time. Um, I will give it a thumbs up mm-hmm. because I definitely think it's a movie that you should at least check out uh, at least once. Um, if uh, if you're a collector, you know. You can't go wrong with putting Poltergeist in your collection. I can't say anything about the other, you know, three. Yeah. I think that have come out. Uh, I, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Definitely think you ought to check it out. And I'm going to give it a B. Okay. I'll give it a solid B. All right. So, like I said, this uh, at the beginning of this episode, this movie always kind of had a black mark for me just because when uh, my mom watched it so many times that, it just kind of rubbed me the not rubbed me the wrong way. It just kind of burnt out on me. I was like, yeah, yeah boo that movie, you know. <laughs> um, I, I thought the acting was really good by everybody in the movie, um, especially uh, the mom and uh, the daughter. I thought they to me they were probably the best ones. Yeah. Um, when what's her name? Tangina. When Tangina got on there, I remember why. I didn't care for the movie. Uh, I don't like her character. I feel like she didn't bring anything to the actual show. I thought maybe, I don't know, to me it was like the Dr. Leash and Ryan and them. I thought they should have been the ones being able to figure it out. But you say you like her. My thing is is when she did that big, long uh, speech, that was a waste of time. That's only because you don't like the sound of her voice. But... No, no, it was also the way she delivered it. Yeah. It was like, 
it literally was like she was memorizing her lines. Like she was, it looked, to me, it was almost like she was reading yeah. the script. And I know she wasn't. Kind of like uh, what's her face did on uh, uh, the Shining. Shining, yeah. But like I said, to me, her character, this is the best way I can say it, she tried to play that too dramatic for me. I did not like that. I can see that. Um, other than that, I, uh, I will say I feel like once the movie picked up, uh, it, it kept going. I don't really feel like there was too many boring spots except for her speech and then when uh, the whispering scene where they're talking about the afterlife. Yeah. That was the only two scenes that I would probably cut shorter, you know. Uh, but that being said, uh, after all these years of watching it, I did enjoy watching it, and I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Uh, I do see why why it is a classic film. Um I don't have it in my collection. I don't believe I do. Uh, to be 100% honest with you, it's not going to be one that I'll watch again over and over. Now, having said that, uh, if like my kids wanted to, uh, were like, hey, movie night, what do you want to watch? And if they said Poltergeist, I would watch it. Yeah. I'm not going to be the one picking it. But going off my thing, I'll give it a thumbs up. Uh, I don't really recommend you to have it in your... Uh, Collection, unless you just like strictly want cult classics, then go ahead and get it, you know. And I'm gonna give it a B as well. You copycat. I know you're gonna say that, but, <laughs> but to me, if I'd have gave it a C plus, I feel like I'm kind of degrading it because the acting was so good. Yeah. And I feel like for especially for 1982, that was a unique story. Oh yeah. So. Well, and there was also three other movies that came out around that same time frame that had to do, or three or four. That were similar in nature. I don't remember all of them. Right. Uh, but they were the supernatural. So I, I don't know if that was just the year of supernatural movies. Mm. Or what. But I mean. But like I said. I mean I did. I enjoyed the movie. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but. Anyway. So that's our review of Poltergeist. And now. One of our next episode. Is another. Um, anniversary. Mm-hmm. This movie was released on June 25th, 1982, 40 years ago. It is one of my favorite horror films. It's one of my favorite John Carpenter films. Of course, I love Halloween, mm-hmm. which is John Carpenter. I love They Live with Rowdy, Roddy Piper and John Carpenter did that one. But this one right here, I mm, absolutely love it. And I've never seen it. We are doing The Thing. Dig this movie, man. And I think you'll dig it, too. Now, isn't this what the kids were watching on Halloween? Yeah. Okay. But, no, no, no. On the original Halloween, mm-hmm. they were watching the original thing. Oh, okay. Then John Carpenter went and remade, remade it. it. Yeah. And then they did a remake of John Carpenter's The Thing, which I haven't, but I've heard it's terrible and I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is why, this is one of the things where, this is why I said I feel like John Carpenter is... Uh, the horror icon as far as directors, you yeah. know. I mean, he just. But anyway, so that's our next episode. Uh, it'll be the 40th anniversary. Man, I can't believe that's been that long of mm-hmm. the thing. And do you know even know who uh, is the main character in the thing? Couldn't tell you. I'm not gonna tell you. Look it up. Oh lord. No, because it'll shock you. Because it's gonna be somebody weird. No, no. Yes, it is. That one right there. Kurt yeah. Russell. Yes, that's him right there. You just missed it. 
Oh well. Uh, that's a video. Yeah. Wow. But Kurt Russell did a, does an amazing job in it. Hey, it's got Richard Masser in it. Dude, it's too. got a lot of good people in it. It really does. Richard Masser, it's got uh, Keith David. Mm-hmm. And he was also in, uh, I believe, They Live as well. Yeah. That's it's crazy. It, it's a really good movie. So that's our next episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And now that we're finally getting back on track... I'm telling you guys, the rest of this year, I think it's going to be good. We've got some really good classic ones coming. Oh, yeah. So, that being said, uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Small Town Horror. <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Twitter is always at Small T Horror Pod. And Instagram is Small Town Horror underscore uh, Johnny and Randy. No, it's Small Town Horror Johnny underscore Randy. And then Facebook, Small Town Horror with Johnny Randy, of course. And then anywhere you get your podcast, Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcast, anywhere. Yes. Anywhere you can find your, your, your podcast, check us out. Leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Shoot out some ideas if you've got it. If you leave us a review and you rate it, let us know what you liked about it. Let us know what you didn't like about it. And I, that's one thing I'm going to start doing is because uh, we've already gotten three, uh, five reviews. But three of them was on, uh, two of them was on, I think, iTunes, and three of them was on Apple Podcasts, and they actually left us a review, so I'm going to start reading. So whatever you put on there, even if it says, hey, we love the podcast, but this part needs to change, I'll read that on here. Trash. Yeah. Uh, But other than that, um, there was something else I was fixing to say. Oh, and to the person who commented on our photo on Instagram, he uh, gave us like four or five movies to review. Mm-hmm. We will get to those. We're just, like I said, right now at the moment, we're trying to get caught back up. So that being said, everyone, hope you enjoyed it. And as always, remember to stay scared. Stay spooky. <laughs>